بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the uh, congregational prayers the matters of the imam and ma'mum now the case if an imam during the salah feels ailment and pain and he needs to sit and so he does then in this case the ma'mum mean meaning those led in the prayers they must stay standing meaning this is obligatory upon them to stay standing completing their prayers as they have started meaning they don't sit they don't sit example an imam praying the salat al-jama'ah and while he was standing uh, he had ailment in his back or in his abdomen which necessitated that he sits and he completes the salah leading them while in the position of sitting the congregation here it's binding upon them to complete their salah standing meaning they don't sit with him that's the meaning with standing just as they started their regular salah they don't follow him by sitting with him what is the evidence for this? The evidence is the action of the Prophet ﷺ in the ailment of his death when he ﷺ entered the masjid and the mosque and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was leading the people in prayers. And Abu Bakr began the salah standing. So the Prophet ﷺ sat next to uh, to the left of Abu Bakr and Abu Bakr continued leading the prayer as he began it standing Abu Bakr leading uh, Abu Bakr leading while he is led by the Prophet Sallallahu prayer and people follow Abu Bakr here the point of evidence is that the Prophet did not command them to sit did not command them to sit and this uh, is the dalil, the evidence uh, which as we explained earlier is uh, stands as a reconciliating evidence between uh, with the hadith إِذَا صَلَّى قَائِمًا أو إِذَا صَلَّى قَاعِدًا if he prays sitting then you pray sitting. So therefore this generalization, if he prays sitting, then you pray sitting, is particularized with this situation, meaning if the imam begins the prayer standing, then in this case, they, be, they continue with him uh, standing. But if he, for a reason, pain, ailment, etc., uh, finds himself uh, unable to continue standing and therefore needs to sit, then in this case they don't sit. Next case. What about the prayer behind someone who has incontinence? Uh, with his urine 
meaning continuously um, dripping, and he cannot hold it, and he cannot hold it. That is because a person may suffer or may be afflicted with a continuation of ritual impurity either from urine or feces or wind. There is no doubt that this is an illness and no one knows the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning safety except the one who is touched by such illnesses. Now the question is how to make the wudu and how to pray under such situations. The answer is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in his glorious book, the Quran, in Surah Al-Hajj 22, uh, verse 78, And he has not laid upon you in religion any hardship. So all of the deen, all of the religion of Allah, all praise is due to him, is ease. How to make the wudu? We say that he enters this, if the, if the time enters, commences, then let him wash his private part. Put a pad which will stop the or prevent the leak of urine and its spread on the body and the clothes. Then he makes the wudu, the regular wudu for salah. Then he prays the fard and also nafil. For example, if he finishes the fard of fajr, then he can pray also the duha, nafil. There is no particular dalil evidence that the end of the commenced time or the end of the prescribed time nullifies the wudu concerning the person whose uh, ritual impurity is continuous. However, when the, the next time commences for the next salah, the next prescribed time, then in this case we say make wudu now. This is based upon the hadith or the saying rather of the Prophet وسلم, to the uh, woman who had continuous uh, bleeding. He وسلم, told her to make wudu for each salah. And in addition to the fact that in origin the continuity of tahara is established until there is a dalil in evidence to nullify it. And in this case, there is no dalil to nullify it. You understand this? You understand how to make now the wudu and with, with respect to people like this, how to advise them? Yeah. yeah, every salah, wudu for every salah, meaning the prescribed salah. The prescribed salah. There is no dalil to nullify the nafil. Now, what about the situation if this person 
is led in the prayers by a healthy imam. Healthy imam meaning an imam who does not have this situation, does not have this condition. He's free from this illness. His salah under this situation is valid. Also, if he, the person having this condition, leads the salah, leads someone like him, having the same illness, then the salah is also valid. Then the salah is also valid. Are these two uh, situations or cases clear? The third situation, him being an imam, uh, leading a healthy person free from this illness. Two opinions. First opinion is that it is invalid. However, the correct opinion is that leading the prayer by a person of this condition, whether whether he is leading someone like him or leading someone who is healthy is valid. The evidence for this is the general applicability of the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya ummul qawm aqra'uhum li kitabillah The one who leads the people and the prayer is the one who knows more of Allah's book meaning by heart and this man his salah is valid because he he did what he is obligated to do and if his salah is valid by himself then his imama him being an imam, is also valid. The third case, what about the prayers, the ruling of the prayers, or on the prayers of someone who is praying behind uh, an imam in a ritually impure state, in a ritually impure state. This is another new one. So here, <coughs> an imam in a ritually impure state leading the prayer. So what's the ruling concerning the salah of the those led in the prayers? Now, if the Imam does not know that he is in a ritual state of impurity, impure state, and also the Ma'mum mean as well, they didn't know that he is in a ritually impure state until the Salah is finished, then 
their salah is valid. Their salah is valid. Example, take the minor impurity. Imam ate an imam ate camel meat. And he did not know that the meat he ate was camel meat. And camel meat, according to the correct opinion, nullifies the wudu. So at the end of the salah, he knew that the meat which he ate was camel meat. In this case, the ma'mumin, those led in the prayer, do not repeat or redo their salah. He, the imam, should do it. Again, because he prayed in a situation where it is a ritual, minor ritual impurity, necessitating wudu. And the Prophet ﷺ said, لا يقبل الله صلاة أحدكم إذا أحدث حتى يتوضأ. Allah does not accept the salah of any one of you. Until he, if he makes uh, hadath, meaning he goes into a ritual state of impurity, until he makes the wudu. As to the ma'mum, his excuse is apparent. Because he doesn't know of the unseen. And Allah does not burden a soul beyond its scope. Now, if the imam comes to know that he is in a ritual state of impurity during the salah, then his salah is nullified. Then his salah is nullified. It, in fact, it means that his salah is not established to begin with. Also, what about the salah of the ma'mumin in this case? One opinion is that their salah is uh, nullified. That, that is because it became apparent that they were led by someone whose salah is invalid, so theirs is invalid. That is because according to this argument, their salah is dependent upon the salah of their imam, so if their imam's salah is nullified, then theirs also. And the correct opinion However, regarding this situation is that the salah of the ma'mumin, those led, is valid under all situations, except those amongst them who knew that the imam state was in a ritually impure condition. And if they did not know, then they are excused. It's not in their capacity, nor is it obligated upon them to ask their imam, are you on wudu state, ritually pure state, or not? Are you in a sexually defiled state, janaba, or not? 
So if this is not binding upon them, and he leads them in the prayer, while he himself knows that he is in ritual impurity state, so how can we say that their salah is nullified? And we have a clear and strong foundation that anyone who does an action that is valid as entailed by the legal evidence, then it cannot be nullified except with a legal evidence. That it cannot be nullified except with a legal evidence. Because otherwise, then we will be committing a crime against the legislation and against those who are legally responsible, legally addressed. And this will be hardship. And in, in the situation of these people, they have done what they are commanded to do, meaning being led by the imam. And that which they are not commanded to do, then there is no binding upon them to go and inquire. So, therefore, so far we repeat. Regarding this situation, the first opinion is that the Imam's Salah and the Ma'mum's Salah are invalid. The second opinion is that the Salah of the Ma'mumin, those led, is valid except from them who knew that the Imam is in a ritual state of impurity. And the third opinion is that the Salah of the Ma'mumin is valid under all situations, even if the Imam knew, even if the Imam knew that he is in a ritual state of impurity. That is because sometimes the Imam knows that he is in a ritual state of impurity. But does, he does not remember, except that when he is in the prayers, amidst the prayers, then he becomes shy to leave. And this is, without any doubt, this is unlawful for him to do. But it may occur by some ignorant ones. So if the Imam remembers during the Salah that he is in a ritually impure state which is known in Arabic as Muhdith or he knew or he was given notice by someone who knew then it's binding upon him to leave the Salah and assign someone to lead them in the Salah. This is, this occurred with Umar ibn al-Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, when he was stabbed by the Abu Lu'lu al-Majusi, the Magian Abu Lu'lu'a, in Salat al-Fajr, after he began the Salah, he was stabbed. And when he knew of his situation, he commanded Abdul Rahman bin Auf, may Allah be pleased with him, to complete the Salah 
leading the people after him. And this occurred in the presence of the Sahaba. This occurred in the presence of the Sahaba. May Allah be pleased with all of them. Well, suppose now he leaves without assigning someone to lead them. Then the Ma'mumin, those led, have the choice. Either to put someone to lead them from amongst them, to complete the Salah, leading them in the Salah, replacing their Imam, or they finish the Salah individually, because their Imam left and did not assign someone to lead them. They have the choice. This concludes this case. The fourth or fifth case, ruling of the Salah behind someone who may have filth on him. If the Imam leads the people in prayers with najasa, filth on him, while he does not know, he's not aware, and the ma'mumin also don't know, and he did not know of it until the salah was over, then the salah of the ma'mumin is valid, because they are excused by ignorance, they did not know. However, the Imam's Salah is invalid. He must wash the filth, which may be on his garment or his body, then redo the Salah. That is because one of the conditions for the validity of the prayers is to avoid having no filth on the person. And the foundation is that if the condition is not met, then what is entailed by it, what's built upon it is, breaks or is invalid. What about if he knows it during the Salah, that he has filth on his clothes himself? One of the opinions is that he must redo the Salah as well as those led while the correct opinion regarding this matter is that if he is unaware, ignorant about it, did not know, as well as the ma'mumin, until the salah was over, then their salah, the imam and the ma'mumin, salah is valid. And the reason is that they are all excused by not knowing, by ignorance. And so the correct opinion concerning someone who prays with filth on him unknowing, not knowing of it, then it is not binding upon him to redo it. Similarly, if he knew of it, but he forgot to wash it, 
then his salah, according to the preponderating opinion, is valid. Now, someone may ask, what's the difference between this one, this situation of filth, and the situation of ritual impurity? According to the preponderating opinions of both ends of the cases, we mentioned earlier that when the Imam and the Ma'amum, if the Imam and the Ma'amum did not know concerning the ritual impurity of the Imam, then the Imam should do the Salah. However, here, in this situation of the situation of filth, we say he does not redo the Salah if he did not know concerning the Najasa, the filth. And the difference between the two is that purification from the ritual impurity falls under what is known in Sharia Fi'lul Ma'mur executing the command executing what is commanded and avoiding filth falls under what is known in Sharia Tarkul Mahdur Tarkul Mahdur which means abandonment of prohibition of what's prohibited so if the person does it due to ignorance then there is no ruling applied on him the evidence for this correct opinion is that the Prophet ﷺ one day was leading the companions in the prayer and He had his shoes on, and then he took them off suddenly. The companions took also their shoes off. So when he finished, he asked them, alayhi salatu wasalam, what prompted them to do that. They said, we saw you taking off your shoes so we did the same then he told them alayhi salatu wasalam inna Jibreel atani Jibreel came to me Gabriel faakhbarani and he told me that there is filth on them so I took them off this Incident and this narration is explicit that the Messenger وسلم, had his shoes on with filth on them, but he did not know of that. And if the Salah was to be nullified due to not knowing. then the Prophet ﷺ would have redone the Salah. Is that clear? If the Imam knows while in the Salah, 
he knows that there is filth on his body, on his uh, shoes, on his clothes. Then if he is able to remove it, then he should do so. Otherwise, he should leave. And the ma'mumin would complete, would finish their salah. For example, if he, if the imam has filth on his shoes or on his head covering or in his on his garment or shirt and he has trousers underneath in this case these can be removed so he can take the shirt and there remains nothing upon him except the trousers and the musalleen, the people in the prayers will be astonished and there is no harm however there is no harm the person must do that which is legal and if people object the first time then they will not object to it the next time and Allah the Most High knows best and this concludes the cases of this discussion I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it a benefit for myself and for all of you walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam